Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I am so jazzed we are going to be kicking it up this hour because we've got Dr. Gloria Burgess joining us here today. Dare to wear your soul on the outside. Live your legacy now with author, speaker, and much more. Uh, She's joining us here today. And let me just tell you a little bit about her. You know, she is this incredible, innovative corporate consultant and executive coach. She works with people of all ages, all cultures, all life circumstances. And, you know, she speaks and leads workshops on leadership, personal development and cultural diversity, much more. She is the founder and principal of Jazz Inc., so I'm going to say jazz like a lot today, Benny. You can use your jazz hands at I'm all? I'm going to do my jazz. Your spirit fingers? Can you see it? Can you can you, you don't feel have it them now? up yet? No, that's because I'm hiding the cards oh, under oh, the thing oh, okay. here. Right. Um, and she's joining us here today as the author of Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside, and the book is Live Your Legacy Now. What does that actually mean, and why is this book so pertinent and important right now? You know, can we have creative action that you know that enables us to have you know the amazing manifestation of what we desire? What is it about our lives that work? And what do we need to fine tune? She's joining us here today uh, as, you know, someone that has worked with some of the best of the best. Boeing, AT&T, Microsoft, MSNBC, Adobe, you name it, she's done it. And she's joining us here today to kind of give us that spiritual and um, uh, what I want to say, motivational B12 shot. Uh, Dr. Gloria Burgess, everyone. Dr. Burgess, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Pat. It's a pleasure, always. It's a pleasure. We're going to pull a prosperity card. I always pull a little card at the beginning, thanks to Heidi Bayer giving us these cards. Mm. She is considered a pioneer. <laughs> this this woman, Dr. Dr. Burgess, this woman created these like in 1992. Mm. This was like Wait. her little dream. Way ahead of her time. Well, right. No kidding. I mean, you know, what were you, did we even know about affirmations in the mainstream then? Not really. I don't think so. All right, so let's do it, Mr. B. How, per- how perfect is this for, t- for the show right now? Listen to this card. My life has purpose and meaning. Mm. <laughs> My life has purpose and meaning. Everything in this incredible universe is perfectly orchestrated and finely tuned. We are all individual parts of a whole, and as such, we are one. There is a master plan. There are no accidents. There is meaning and harmony in everything that happens. Well... Dr. Burgess, Gloria, I wonder if you knew we would be starting out at that point. (laughs) I did not, but I love it. I love it. You know, I I truly believe that each of us has a specific, unique uh, reason for being on this earth, and and we call it purpose. Uh, Sometimes we call it calling. Uh, But, you know, the, the life that we are meant to live can only be lived by us. And so that's what Dare to Wear Your Soul is all about. That's what living your legacy now is all about. Uh, you know, don't wait for somebody else to, to, to step in. You're the, only, you're the only one who can, you know, play the part that you're meant to play. 
So, you know, you're very successful. I mean, I just gave folks like a snippet of sort of your legacy, your uh, vision and mission. But I wanted to ask you about the book and what this book meant to you and writing, what writing the book meant to you. Because, you know, for the, for the th- all of the things that you do and all the things that you've done, you know, clearly one would look at you as, you, you know, a very successful woman. Clearly someone would look at you as a role model. And as I reread the book again, I thought to myself, how does a woman that's so successful in the corporate arena Get to write a book about gratitude, faith, love, vision, and integrity, and much more. And I thought to myself, I have to ask you that question, because this is the book you've written, and you're, you also go step in the boardroom. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Pat, I, I have uh, had the blessing uh, and the privilege to be able to write this book. And I say that because, you know, I cut my teeth in the work world in corporate America. And if you had told me <laughs> that I would be working in corporate America when I was, you know, a young girl or even in college, I would have just laughed and said, oh, no, not me. <laughs> uh, because I was actually preparing for the life of an academic uh, and, and, and in the creative arts, not in, in business or in high tech or anything like that. Went through, got my Ph.D., thought I was going to be a professor, researcher, and all of that. And, you know, uh, God has a sense of humor. He had, a, <laughs> he had another plan for me. And uh, I ended up walking away from my all that, you know, education and years of, uh, of uh, study uh, and left that for the corporate world because I realized that at the time, um, and this is back in you know the uh, the 80s, early 80s. I realized that the academic community at that time was too small of a playground for me, uh, and I, I went into high tech, went into uh, computer software services, uh, and stayed there for almost 25 years. And looking back on that now, as a consultant, I realized that that was my training ground, that was my proving place, that was where I learned to live. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, as a corporate. Um, as a successful corporate woman, you know, with some battle scars, of course, because yes. you don't get through the wickets just, you know, that easily. If you're I a woman. know. I'm, fe- I'm feeling them <laughs> as you're speaking. I'm like stretching. <laughs> and particularly as an African-American woman, you know, coming up in, in the high-tech sector. Um, so at any rate, you know, looking back over that, that uh, proving ground, uh, you know, it, it prepared me uh, so deeply for the work that I do now, uh, you know, as a consultant, as an executive coach, as a spiritual and life coach, uh, because I see how barren and how hungry, how starved uh, the individuals who work in corporate America are for the kind of material that I write about and speak about and live uh, in my life. So I don't want to be, you know, sort of like, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> I mean, have. really, when you think about it, in a very short period of time, I think. Uh, and, you know, somebody said to me the other day that the movie The Secret, uh, for a lot of people that are looking back, kind of look at it like, uh, you know, it didn't really do much. But there's a whole other group of camp that says that movie did more to open the doors of corporate America to have a conversation about something other than traditional theories of leadership and motivation than any other thing to come along in a long time since Stephen Covey's book. And I want to ask you about that. 
Yeah, well, I think you know the, the, one of the one of the secrets to the secret, if you will, <laughs> uh, the the secret sauce is that it broke down some of the um, you know what I think uh, corporate types might think is woo woo kind of out there. Yeah, it broke it down in a way that it was a, you you were able to consume it, digest it, and metabolize it, and keep it you know, moving through your system in a way that it made sense. You were able to hold on to some of the nuggets. Uh, and um, uh, for whatever people say about it, uh, that's a huge um, success uh, because I've been knocking at the door. People like me have been knocking at the door of corporate America, you know, for the last couple of decades and making very, you know, small inroads, but not significant inroads. And so the secret, that movie for corporate America, I think, helped us get to uh, a closer, uh, closer to critical mass, if you will, to shifting the way that, that people think about themselves and about their work and how they show up at work. And, you know, don't you think that we are now living in new times? I mean, you know, clearly for me, uh, I kind of have <laughs> I had the same thought as you did about, you know, finishing doing a great body of research and then, you know, wandering off into some classroom. And boy, that that did not turn out the way I thought. But what I've discovered is there is now a new way for us to revisit corporate America. So I want to ask you, what do you believe is the greatest shift we've had in corporate America that is now enabling people like you and people like me to go back and have conversations about leadership, about motivation that are very different than the ones that have come before. I think the greatest shift uh, in my in my time uh, in corporate America, and I'm still there, you know, but I'm I'm external. I'm a consultant. The greatest shift for me has been, <clears throat> excuse me, not only bringing women into the workplace, but uh, the women that they have brought into the workplace are not mimicking uh, male behavior anymore. Uh, you know, when I was uh, coming up, uh, climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, uh, it was really all about how do you fit in and become one of the boys, so yeah. to speak. Uh, you know, not literally, but as close as we could. I mean, there's a reason why we had, you know, things like power suits, right? There's a reason why we wore those little bow ties uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, banged our head against that, that you know, glass ceiling for, for black people is more like a cement ceiling, right? Mm. Uh, and there was a reason that we, you know, kind of went along just to get along. Uh, but these days, that has changed. And the women that I uh, uh, work with in, in uh, corporate America, you know, they realize that they do have a special um, uh, quality, special uh, way of thinking, special way of, of looking at uh, systems, if you will, of looking at uh, product design of service uh, delivery and so on and so forth, we have a unique point of view, and that voice was missing at the table, uh, you know, for many, many years. And so I think that's the most significant shift. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that, and this is, um, you know, uh, our, our culture in the U.S. has shifted dramatically since I, uh, you know, started out 30 years ago. In yeah. The workplace. Let's hold that thought for when we come back, because I want to talk to you about this word culture and what you've discovered about it. And more importantly, how does culture enable us to or not to wear our soul on the outside? Mm. Wow. Dr. Gloria Burgess joining us here today. We are just warming this up. Boy, it was fired up on this topic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And by the way, we would love to give two copies of Gloria's book out, Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside, Live Your Legacy Now. And the best way to do that is to just give us a call, and I believe Valerie's in there, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. We would love to give away two copies because this book really sets a foundation for a lot. Uh, You know, uh, Dr. Gloria, thank you for joining me here today. And, you know, kind of before the break, you were talking about culture, and I want to get back to that. But I want to get back to that in the context of what it means when we say dare to wear your soul on the outside. And does culture and subculture allow us to do that? Ah, well, dare to wear your soul on the outside. Just uh, to to say a little bit about that first. Um, you know, uh, at the at the top layer, dare to wear your soul on the outside is really about letting your light shine. Okay, so it's about being fully who you are, being that real, authentic self. And uh, you know, it has multiple layers. And so, you know, uh, the 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 invitation, Doctor Pat, is to wear your soul on the outside wherever you go. And sometimes that's not always possible for some people, uh, particularly in the workplace, because, you know, there there are consequences for letting your light shine. Uh, And sometimes they're positive, rewarding consequences where you're, you know, you get the kudos, you get the attagirl, attaboy, whatever. Uh, And sometimes, you know, people don't want to see that light. They'd rather you behave in a way and show up in a way that's more uh, in line, uh, more conforming to the, uh, I'm going to say the party line, if you will, the company line the company's way of being. Um, so there are consequences, and you have to think you know, well about uh, how you show up and where you show up and, and, and in what way. My advocacy is always to be who you are and don't compromise who you are wherever you are. But I realize that that's you know, that's a radical point of view. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, you know, you really have to step up your game to do that and be willing to take the consequences for uh, taking a stand to be who you, who you fully are. In the book, you write about the seven sacred promises, and I and I I was so struck by that because you and I were talking during a break. My, you know, my research dissertation and postdoctoral research is all about keeping promises, especially in the corporate world, mm-hmm. and what that means. And you know, sometimes promises aren't explicit. It's like you know, it's it's not like you know, hey Gloria, you know, I promise to have you on the show on Tuesday at eleven o'clock. That's sort of a direct thing. You know, sometimes what happens in most often what happens is there are implied promises. And that's what we've talked about, not just in the workplace, but the psychological contract goes far beyond that. There are implied promises with our children, with our spouse. If you marry me, uh, what's implied is you won't cheat. (laughs) You're not going to cheat on me. (laughs) And yep. And, you know, I think that really uh, what you're talking about, that that psychological contract, um, this notion of culture really is a set of contracts. Uh, The only trouble is, uh, you know, in our relationships, uh, in our corporations, in our our communities even, we don't make 
the the water uh, visible, the, the the water that we swim in visible. We don't make those promises explicit, uh, and if even if we do, we really don't talk about them that much and have agreements about them. It's just sort of the way you know co- the definition of culture is the way we do things around here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and nobody gives you the rule book, nobody gives you the script. Uh, you kind of have to learn by uh, hard knocks and kind of bumping around and 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 uh, and that way. Um, and I think we get into a lot of trouble. Uh, because we don't slow down enough and really uh, open up and really have a dialogue, a conversation about what those promises are all about. Well, and, you know, the dialogue, let's talk about that for a minute, because we uh, are very good right now at texting. Some people have said that texting is the downfall of communication. I have a different thought. I've never seen so many people send out information, whether it's good information or not, it's a whole other question. But there is the possibility of honest face-to-face communication becoming extinct in a lot of arenas and corporate arenas even more now with the cut on budgets. People aren't traveling. They're doing everything, you know, technically. So the question then becomes, you know, how do we take what you've said? How do we bring communication to the forefront in a culture, and I mean a global culture, that is pushing us almost in another direction? Well, you know, I, I have a different point of view about social media and, mm-hmm. and texting and so on and so forth. Um, uh, for me, the technology is, uh, uh, I think, one of the most valuable tools that we can have. Yeah. It's the way in which we use the technology that uh, I think gets us into trouble. Uh, we tend to, to think about technology in the workplace as, um, as a, uh, a stand-in, as an alternative to face-to-face. And that's not it. Technology is just part of the suite of tools that you have, including dialogue and face-to-face. I mean, there's no excuse these days not to have some kind of interactive, I-can-see-you kind of communication. There's, you know, free uh, uh, technological tools that enable us to do that. So I really see technology as our friend, not as our enemy. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I... I believe that the the workers that are coming into the workplace now, you know, our our teens, our twenty somethings, our middle twenties and early thirties, they understand uh, uh, how to engage with this technology in a way where they can actually be our mentors. You know, people who uh, are in their forties uh, or fifties or or even sixties, uh, and we can learn from them how to use this um, uh, one one additional tool in our toolkit, so to speak. And, you know, let's talk about the tools in the toolkit, because you do write about the seven sacred promises. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about those promises, but I wanted to um, ask you about those promises in the context of our legacy, living our legacy now, and because most people would say, hmm, I think I get it, but I'm not sure. And more mm-hmm. importantly, it sounds hard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the I think I get it, I think I don't. Um, the, the notion of legacy generally in our culture means um, uh, how, how we're remembered, right? And uh, typically we think about legacy as connected with the very last stages of our life or even afterlife, you know, after we die. And I always, you know, make the joke about, you know, it's wonderful for somebody to stand up at your wake or your funeral and say these lovely things about you, but you're not alert enough to enjoy what they're saying about you. Uh, and uh, the, the idea of live your legacy now is really about saying, you know, 
people are remembering me anyway. I am training people how to remember me by the decisions that I make, by the people that I include in my circle or exclude, by how I talk about things uh, in everything that I do and say. I am making some kind of an impact, some kind of an imprint on, on other people. And uh, so this remember me notion is at the heart of legacy, but it's about being conscious about how you want to be uh, uh, in relationship, how you want to make the footprint in your uh, relationship with your kids. What kind of deposits are you making with them? What kind of conversations are you uh, having with them? You know, how how much time do you carve out uh, to have those um, very uh, intimate, necessary, uh, loving, uh, uh, really um, precious um, uh, time out of times with, with your children, with your a significant other, with your partner, uh, with your spouse. And so that really is, is what the legacy, Live Your Legacy Now is all about. It's about taking the, the bull by the horns and saying, you know, I'm in charge of me and I can mm-hmm. choose consciously and on purpose about how I show up, what I do, what I decide, those kinds of things. Mm. Gloria, you have a birthday coming up um, here in a week or so. and How I, did you know that? I read the stuff people send me. <laughs> I, I, I actually prepare for my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I do. <laughs> well, I'll, you do. And one of the things I also read was how significant your mother, and I believe you refer to your mom uh, as your hero. And coming up upon this birthday um, for you, Gloria, and reflecting um, on the role your mom played, what is the significance of the relationship you have with her? But even more importantly, you know, what is her role as hero mean to you now and in moving forward? And we'll take a look at that when we come back from break. But out of all the people your mom became your hero. I want to just welcome everyone and say Dr. Gloria Burgess is joining us here today. We're talking about something that's very important to all of us right now. That is to dare to wear your soul on the outside. We've actually got a couple copies of the book. If you had not heard me announce that earlier, what you can do is just give our toll-free number a call and we'll get your name and some information. 1-800-930-2819. 9302819 and if you want to find out more about Gloria once you go to her website uh you can go to gloriaburgess.com b u r g e s s.com that's gloriaburgess.com there's lots of information on her website uh also information about legacy living uh network and much more when we come back we'll talk about heroes We'll talk about the reflections that many people make, especially around a birthday and a time. And we'll talk about how each and every one of us can begin to, if we're not already, living the legacy we want to live. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And uh, Dr. Gloria Burgess is joining us here today. For more information about her, you can go to her website, GloriaBurgess.com. We've got actually two copies of her books that we're giving away. The other thing I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. We have one. Yeah, we have one copy. The other thing I forgot is that if you do want a copy of the book and you're listening through Psychic on Air or New Sky Radio, you can send an instant feedback message in there with your name, email, and a phone number, and we can also give things away that way. But we'll need that information to get a hold of you, and Mr. Benny is in charge of that. So those of you that listen through PsychicOnAir.com, you are familiar with the feedback form. Um, Thank you, Gloria, for joining us here today. Um, You know, this is really a cool conversation, and I was really eager to talk with you about heroes. Um, And I really want to start the conversation about what I mentioned before the break, about your personal hero, about your mom, and, you know, how she became a role model for what you've created. And, and, And the reason I'm asking is because happy birthday next week. Thank you. Um, or just let's see, next week is it next week or is it Sunday. actually Sunday? Happy birthday, Sunday for Thank you. you. Um, as you get to reflect on this upcoming birthday, I'm so curious about the meaning of heroes and what that has come to say to you about the world. Well, thank you for asking that. You know, my mother is um, uh, still alive, and she just turned 79 this month. Happy birthday to your mom. Thank you. Thank you. I know she can hear you. (laughs) She can feel you. (laughs) But, you know, I I actually opened Dare to Wear Your Soul on the outside. I opened Chapter 1 with a quote from her, and it's three words. And if if I would sum up, you know, the 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 essence of who my mother is, it would be in these three words. Uh, and she says, "Make yourself useful." <laughs> now she used to say that when when I was a little girl. Uh, I had two sisters at the time, uh, and we were living in Mississippi. We were dirt poor. I'm talking dirt poor. We didn't have a lawn. You know, we didn't have grass. We just had dirt in our yard and chickens right. running through it. And so we would sweep the yard, you know, to get the chicken prints out so that we would have a clean yard. And we had lots of chores to do, uh, you know, in the yard and around the house and, you know, keeping the animals and so on and so forth. Uh, but whatever we were doing, you know, my mother would kind of come behind us and say, make yourself useful, even when we were in the midst of doing something, right? And uh, so as I look back on that and as I've talked to my mom about that over the years, the, 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 um, the essence of what she was saying is not, uh, you know, just keep yourself busy for busyness sake, but make yourself useful so that somebody else can benefit from it. And so these days I think about those three little words as words of legacy. Uh, my work, my book, my mother is all about being of service to other people. You know, she realizes that um, we're not just put on this planet to be in isolation. We're put here to be in relationship, and we're put here to make uh, our own lives better, but also to build a bridge and to help other people cross that bridge. And so those are some of the reasons, just a few of the reasons, you know, that my mother is just one of my one of my sheroes. She has, uh, you know, um, showed me how to live uh, throughout the, uh, the years of my life, and including now. Uh, so the promises that you asked me about earlier, yes. uh, Dr. Pat, you know, within the, within the context of, you know, thinking about what my mother taught me about these promises, I mean, really, I could probably tell you a story or 20 
that relates to every single promise, you know, lessons that I learned from my mother. Uh, and at the heart of it, the promises are really all about waking up to our deep uh, uh, creative birthright. You know, we're all we're all creators, and a lot of us don't think of ourselves that way. Uh, you know, my mother was the kind of person, even though we were financially poor, I mean, she could make, um, she was so resourceful, so creative, she could make, you know, we say make a dime holler, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she could get the most out of anything that she put her heart into. That was one of the sayings around our house, too. Yeah, so I, you know, uh, the promises, uh, like I said, are just infused with, uh, mm-hmm. with her, uh, with her spirit. Uh, and they're also promises that, you know, they're not unique to me or my family or my mother. They're universal themes and ideas, uh, that run through every single, uh, life on this planet. You know, we're all creative human beings and, you know, I was blessed with the uh, opportunity and the the resources to kind of unpack the creative process, if you will, uh, and tr- and uh, uh, begin to think about these promises as spiritual principles as well as creative principles that undergird our lives anyway. It's the water we swim in, and it's so familiar to us that we don't slow down long enough to take, uh, you know, to step back and say, wow, you know, if I really became conscious and on purpose and intentional about using these promises in my life, I would have so much more power and blessing and uh, opportunity available to me. Don't you, don't we love our, our moms? I mean, I don't know what it is about having moms that come from the South, but you and I were talking during the break, and, and really this is a time for people to, to really honor the folks in their lives that have that kind of mentorship and influence. I mean, Gloria... If for 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 you and I, we certainly could talk about our moms, but there may be people listening to the show that say, wow, I mean, I don't have a mom like that, or I can't really relate to someone like that. I want to ask you, what is it that you can say to folks to help them find that person or persons or group that gives them sort of that, what I said earlier, that B12 shot? to help them move to the next level of their lives? You know, there are so many resources available to us. Um, uh, sometimes it, uh, we have to create our own family. Uh, I was blessed to be born with uh, the kind of mom that I just talked about uh, and a huge extended family. You know, my mother had 17 brothers and sisters, uh, so I couldn't get away with anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we create uh, that personal village today uh, by the relationships that we form on our own, whether or not we're talking about, you know, blood family or, you know, or not. Uh, through the friends that we make, through the uh, relationships that we cultivate in our community, you know, within our own neighborhood, our next-door neighbors. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, a little daunting, I think, to kind of step out there and put it out there. But when you do, you actually open the door for other people to say the same thing back to you. We all want to belong to a community that supports us. Okay, that's one of the common themes that's mm-hmm. true for anybody on the planet. Uh, and, you know, I have the opportunity, uh, Dr. Pat, to work with people from all over the world uh, in their home communities as well as here in the Seattle area because we really have the world at our feet right here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, putting yourself out there, just saying, you know, I need, you know, this is what I need. I need a little help up in here. And uh, you would be, you will be surprised that when you put that little toe in the water other people will join you and you say, 
and say to you, I need the same thing. Um, I lead workshops and retreats uh, all the time uh, in this community and beyond. And we begin as a community of, I'm going to say, familiar strangers. And I say it that way because, you know, nobody knows anybody else in the room, but we are all coming to this place for the same reason, because we're hungry for connection, because we're hungry for, you know, the next thing in our life. We're we're hungry for, you know, that little uh, nudge to get us unstuck so that we can get moving to whatever our our destiny or our purpose uh, 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 to to find that that place of meaning in our lives. Uh, And when we just open the door a little bit and share... Uh, what is going on for us, and to put out there what we need. You know, the word intimacy really uh, can be uh, uh, rephrased as into me see, Ah. into me see. And so when you put out that little nugget, just that, you know, little phrase, I'm stuck, you know, I need, or what, you know, I'm looking for, you'd be surprised how often and how fully you are met by the other person that you're talking to. Well, you know, Gloria, this is, uh, and thank you so much. For those of you just tuning in, Dr. Gloria Burgess joining us here today. And as I said before, we are giving copies of her book away, Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside, Live Your Legacy Now. Also, I want to make sure that you all know that if you go to her website, GloriaBurgess.com, there's lots of information out there. Um, I wanted to ask you a minute about one of the promises, one of the seven sacred promises in the book. Uh, I could probably talk about any, any one of these, but there was one that I was drawn to this time. I don't know why, but I was drawn to integrity. And, and, and you say integrity, honoring your values and wholeness. Yeah. And I would love for us to have a conversation on what that means, uh, number one, but how that now is important right now today in our country and the society we live in and some of the troubles we're facing. Well, integrity, um, just let me back up a little bit. Just uh, uh, Most of us think about integrity as being honest or being truthful or ethical. And that's uh, one aspect of integrity. Integrity also has another uh, fuller aspect, integer, the word integer, which means whole number, uh, and integrity come from the same root word. Uh, and so the kind of wholeness that we're talking about is claiming uh, and really excavating all of the parts of who you are. You know, a lot of us like to show off our, our good, you know, polished up shiny parts, right? Um, the kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> thing that we like to strut and kind of, you know, uh, uh, pat ourselves on the back for. But most of the time, we don't pay attention to those spots that need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more work. We don't put it out there. We kind of keep those, you know, kind of under the rug, so to speak. Uh, and uh, the, the the kind of integrity that I'm talking about is taking a look at all of the all of the parts of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we all have all of that within us. I mean, that's how we get into 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 um, uh, uh, haphazard relationships, bad relationships. That's how things slip out of our mouths that we didn't intend to say. That's how wars are started. Um, we project out outside of us what is inside of us that hasn't been fully worked through yet. Uh, and so um, getting to this place where we understand that uh, we're, we are all works in progress. You know, nobody has it perfect and we nobody will have it perfect. Uh, but to understand and to be self-aware so that we can, uh, you know, continue to learn and grow and develop into, uh, into the, into the, 
vibrant, uh, brilliant human beings that we are meant to be. Um, I actually have been thinking about this bullying that is so in the in the news lately. Well, Dr. let's Pat. talk about that when we come back from break, because I that I'm so glad you brought that up. And the question then becomes, what the heck are we learning? Dr. Gloria Bird just joining us here today. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that we're you know closing this hour in a hot way. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Dr. Gloria Burgess joining us here today on the show. And as I said before, if you want to find out more about her, go to GloriaBurgess.com. If you want to find out more about the book, it's just about available everywhere. Dare to wear your soul on the outside. Live your legacy now. Uh, Dr. Gloria, thank you so much for joining the show today. I mean, there are a million things that I mentally had made a mental blueprint that I wanted to talk with you about. What I love about what I do is I learned to let go of it all so that, so that we could focus on what shows up, which is even better and more juicy. Mm. Before the break, we were talking about bullying and you mentioned bullying and I want to get to that. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you how you define bullying in today's society, because I think it's different than it was 20 years ago or so. And I would love to get your your take on it. Well, you know, I think that the way that bullying shows up is certainly different, but the heart of bullying uh, hasn't changed for the last you know, 10,000 years, uh, and it's really, uh, bullying is about somebody else thinking that they are more important than, uh, and uh, uh, that someone else is less than. Uh, bullying is also about, I believe, the, the, the person um, bullying, uh, doing the bullying, uh, is usually a person who doesn't have access to, um, to love, Mm. Uh, in their own life, they don't have access to compassion or empathy. Mm. Uh, you know, if they did, they wouldn't be able to perpetrate this kind of hostility, whether it's physical or verbal or uh, some other manifestation of bullying. And at the heart of it, it really is about, you know, I think I'm better than you. I think I'm bigger than you. I think I'm more important than you. And you are nothing. You're worthless. You know, you're not worth my time. Uh, you don't fit in. You don't belong. You're not one of us. That is a tough place to be on the receiving end of, of that mm-hmm. as well. And so let's talk about that from a place of legacy, because the bullies somehow had to pick that up from somewhere. I mean, I'm not one to believe that, you know, you pop into this world and bam, you're like a bully. You know what, um, Dr. Pat, I don't mean to trivialize bullying by mm-hmm. talking about it this way, but I, I do want to be clear yes. that, uh, again, when I said it, you know, it, it's an old thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, we've, known, we've known this uh, since, uh, since, you know, there were two people in relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a young girl in my, you know, and this is my story, as a young girl, I experienced, uh, they wouldn't have called it, called it bullying then, but it was bullying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I experienced deep uh, extreme prejudice, extreme bigotry, extreme yeah. hatred mm-hmm. targeted at me. Sometimes it was, you know, uh, it, it 
Sometimes it was physical. <laughs> it didn't often get physical with me, but more often than not, it was verbal. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, that little saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never hurt you. That is a lie. That is so bogus. That is a lie. That, that <laughs> and, is who made that up, by the way? Do we even know, know where that came I from? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm, t- I'm here to tell mm. you that words have vitality and soul and presence and, uh, you know, a double edge just like any, any knife or sword. And uh, they wound you deeply. The scars uh, can take years to heal if they ever heal. It becomes part of the program, if you will, of how you think about yourself. Yes. And, you know, before the break, we were talking about integrity connected mm-hmm. with values and wholeness. Um, I think that one of the answers to the bullying, if you will, is how we... Uh, make deposits into our children. Uh, when we make deposits uh, that say you are worthy, you are, um, you know, you are loved, you are lovable, you have value to me, that makes all the difference in the world because I can tell you that the deposits that were poured into me as a young girl were not the same ones that I got when I walked outside of my house, okay? Uh, and this went on for years. Even in the workplace as an adult in corporate America, I got some of the same stuff. And so the deposits that we can pour into our children as parents, uh, you know, uh, as, um, as, as I'm going to say concerned neighbors, even, you know, this person doesn't have to be your biological child. You know, words of encouragement, words of uplifting, words of celebration, that makes all the difference in the world in terms of building the constitution of an individual, a young girl or young boy, so that they can uh, know why they're important, know that they are important, and know how to stand up and, and uh, you know, put the bully in, in his or her place. And that's not to say that you fight back. I mean, there's strategies that you use, but you can only use them well if you are equipped to begin with. Where does the lesson start? Because, you know, I mean, what you just said is so significant. You can only learn how to, you know, deal with these situations if you have the tools. You know what? I I actually, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that they begin at the home, in Mm -hmm. the home. Uh, And I recognize that not every home is a, you know, a a two-parent home. You have single parents, and sometimes you, you know, you're so tired when you get home, you don't have enough time to make a deposit for for dinner, let alone a deposit into your kid. Um, And so I do believe it begins in the home. and I believe that the schools can be partners in this process, but they they don't have the sole responsibility. Um, I actually, you know, as, as, with my educator hat on um, as a former educator, you know, I think about how we can instill uh, these very uh, vital social skills into our into our young people. And I actually believe it belongs in the curriculum these days because it's so prevalent uh, and it's so much about how we get along with one another. Um, but but again, I believe that it begins in the home and it gets reinforced in the home and the, the school becomes our ally and partners. How much is, does and is uh, our pop culture right now um, uh, affecting um, our youth? And what I mean by that is, I mean, there are there are so much of what happens now is easier to get plugged into. For example, you can plug into and I refer to this thing that's called the pop culture here in our country as, you know, I don't know why it got that name. But the point is, it's it's sort of a mainstream of popular activities or 
paradigm, so to speak. And I need—I I really wanted to know where you see that fits in. I mean, everything from the type of sneaker you buy to the way you wear your hair and more recently to how soon can I get my breast implants? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I, um, you had asked me the question about how this all ties in the le- into mm-hmm. legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, legacy begins uh, in the home as well. You know, our children don't come with a, with a how-to-do-it manual. Uh, we don't know as parents how to, how to, how to you know, grow up our, our children unless uh, we just kind of step back and say, you know, when we want to become pregnant or we are pregnant and we know that we're going to become parents to say, you know, this is the way that I want to shape and influence the life of my child, okay? So before that kid is born, legacy begins. And when we know that, you know, even without the the prescription, the how-to-do-it manual, uh, we can have a general sense of the kind of values that we want to to model for our children, to talk about with our children. Uh, And uh, I believe that that pop culture, you know, becomes influential when the parents uh, don't spend the kind of time and energy and resource uh, that it requires to make uh, to make uh, mm-hmm. the, the the young person, the, the their son or their daughter, uh, into the kind of person that they want them to be. Uh, I think it's as simple as that, Doctor Pat. Uh, you know, we can uh, we can tell our children about the culture, uh, but we have to have time to have conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't have that kind of time, guess who's going to win? Yeah. Okay, they have a lot more hits uh, with the, the information streams that are all around them uh, than they do with us. And if we don't begin early from day one and make it a practice and integrate it into the, the, the who we are as a family and raising that, that uh, young girl or boy, we're going to get exactly what we raise. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Gloria, for joining us here today. It has been such a pleasure. It is so great to have you on the show. I hope you will come back. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And Dr. Gloria Burgess, everyone. And as I said before, go to her website, GloriaBurgess.com. There's lots of information there. And if you do not have a copy of uh, her book, Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside, it is available everywhere. For me, to all of you, enjoy the rest of the week. I will be listening, but you're going to get to have some fun with Benny and some other peeps on the show. Steve Maraboli, Nancy, Mary Jane Mack, and many more. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show.